Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is sponsored by fine people like Roland Ledger. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero six three. Hey, Grandma, the move. What's that song all about? Hey Grandma is the seventh track on the Move's first album, Move, released in April 1968. The song was first recorded by Moby Grape. It was the first track on their first album and released with four other singles at once on June 6, 1967. On Billboard's singles chart, Moby Grape's version made it all the way up to number 127 and to number 94 on Cashbox. Well, by dingy young fella, that was a dandy ride. Oh, thank you. Thank you for picking me up. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And we've got another cover song. Yeah, I mean, at least it didn't come right after the other one. There were two original songs in there, although they were singles. Well, it was a single and a B-side that we already went over. So, so far this album has laid out like two originals, one cover, two originals, although they were already previously released, and now we have a cover uh, again. Yep. Well, Roy Wood was heavily influenced by Moby Grape, and uh, they are one of the things that influenced his way of doing music in the move. It was so influential that, other than make the song a little bit longer, they really didn't change the song hmm. whatsoever. Even the same guitar tone. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to it going, the guitar's good on this. And then I listen to the original and I go... <laughs> That's because the guitar sounded like that on the original. And the original I like for some reason, even though either way it's repetitive. I think the original's because, well, it's because of the band, I guess. Mm. Um, it's probably not their best song, but it's still pretty good. The Move version is just a carbon copy, and it's disappointing. Move's a creative band. They don't need to do carbon copies. I understand he loves the song, but... He could have done something with it. I just picked up Shazam on Record Store Day. Not a re-release, the original U.S. copy. And I noticed on Shazam, most of the songs are 10 minutes long. (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, so that's what we're in for in the future. Yeah, there's a lot of very long songs on there. I don't understand why he didn't think about doing that with this. I mean, there's not a whole lot uh, to the lyrics. This is one of those songs where if you really want to branch out from the original, you can just 
do what lyrics they're there and then freak out for about five minutes and then come back, <laughs> do another minute or so of the original song and fade out mm. or end or something like that. This is one of those things where you would think that they would really go all out on just because it's got the elements for a nice little jam song. Because, like I said, there's not a whole lot to the actual lyrics. You can get them out of the way and concentrate on playing. But, no, it extends it by about 30 seconds, I think. Yeah. And doesn't do anything new with it other than play it competently. <laughs> I mean, the 60s were a great time for music, not just in the musicians and the talent that was there. The electronics, the recording equipment, everything involved with making music. It just got so much better, and it took rock into places that you just couldn't even think would have happened back when Rock Around the Clock or even Elvis was starting to make it big. I mean, we had Sgt. Pepper's is an epic album that lives forever, if you don't pay attention to that five-minute sitar dirge by George. Uh-huh. There was a whole mix of different kind of music. With the Monkees, you get Mike Nesmith there mixing Beatles with a touch of country, and there's some jangly rock there. The Lemon Pipers bringing in some bubblegum sounding strings with Green Tambourine and Simon and Garfunkel with folk rock. The Moody Blues bringing in a full orchestra on a rock album. Uh, the beginning of progressive rock where rock went beyond the restrictions of the three minute pop song and gave the song room to breathe and grow and go into places that you never could do when you only got to have three minutes to get this thing down. Just the 60s were pretty much an explosion of all kinds of great music pulling in from all kinds of inspirations. And the 60s also gave us shit like this. <laughs> I hate this song. I hate this song on so many levels. Besides, as I've said before, the American psychedelic where it's just noise. That squelching, screaming, squealing uh, lead guitar just pokes my ears with an ice pick and drives me nuts. The rhythm guitars are banging on drums, they're screaming out the words, and it's just a lot of noise. It's just a cacophony of electronic distortion and banging and yelling. And it's tough to pick up any kind of a tune with this. Maybe it's because I don't have my mind blown out on acid. Maybe that's the trick to liking the song and seeing how good it is. Sort of like if you go watch a 3D movie without the glasses. It's all blurry and messy, but then you put on the glasses and, oh, everything makes sense. Maybe what I need is a couple of sugar cubes in my tea and let my mind float into a different astral plane. And this will be as beautiful as any Beethoven symphony or Jeff Lynne song in five or ten years. And the other thing that I hate about it is, yeah, they don't do a damn thing with this song. They made it a little more grungier. But other than that, it's the same exact song. There's nothing different here. Nothing. Well, the lyrics. I will give points to the move, because, at least from some lyric sites that I looked up, and their accuracy isn't always spot on, but the Moby Grape version, it's pretty much just about getting smashed out of your gourd. There are three or four times where the lines in a row are, I got high, yeah, 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 I got high, I got high, 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 high. Yeah, I got high this time. 
okay, so? You're a psychedelic band in the 60s. No, duh. <laughs> Who wouldn't think that? The move didn't do that. They changed the words around to, they're all sins. It's just a waste of time. But we're going to have this time. Bye, bye, bye. But we're going to have this time. Bye, bye, bye. But we're going to have this time round. This time round. But we got to have this time. So they remove the whole thing about spending their afternoons just getting high. And at the end of the Moby Grape one, they sing about mixing Robitussin and elderberry wine and getting drunk out of their mind. I can't tell in the Moo version if they change that for that. The lyrics are just as muddy as the rest of the song, so it is a little tough to understand. Did the move also spend their afternoon mixing Robitussin and elderberry wine and just chugging it down? I hate this song. I hated this. Hated, 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 hated this. Well... I think you gotta be on Robitussin and elderberry wine. <laughs> There's a word for it. It's robo-trippin'. Uh, okay. <laughs> where you're high on cough syrup, and you sit there and sip it for a while, and after a few years, um, yeah, you, your body starts shutting down. and yeah. Otherwise known as stupid. E but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And as you can tell, yeah, I probably could use some Robitussin. Spring is here, and it's another reason why I despise spring. Back to the song. It's a boogie song. Yeah. With, with some psychedelic guitar added in. The original is. It's almost southern boogie thing with that guitar on there. Probably another reason. I never really liked southern boogie. I mean, like I said, uh, if you're going to go with Moby Grape, their version is, is a lot better than the Moo version because it doesn't sound like it's just being played by somebody who was handed a piece of sheet music and said, okay, let's get a couple takes of this. I will give you that, yeah. There's something I'm confused about. I don't know whether it be icked out or just pass it off as 60 slang. Is he making a pass at an actual grandmother, like somebody in their 60s, 70s, or 80s? Or was this some sort of hippie slang for a younger girl, maybe in her 20s? Well, it's a 60s rock band. I guess 13 or 12 is the age of consent for some of these people. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> or is this just some slang for some hippie chick who has her hair in a bun and has the round granny glasses and wears a shawl in a hippie freak way, not in a frumpy, uptight way? You know, like how people will say, oh yeah, this is my old lady. And they're both in their 20s and they're married. It's just obviously she's not old. She, she's his wife. Or that's my old man. I'm rooting for the girl in her 20s, because otherwise I, I really want to think about these hippie dudes in their 20s trying to put the moves on an 80-year-old grandma. So I'm hoping it's 60 slang, because trying to picture Roy Wood or anybody from Moby Grape hitting on somebody like Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies, yeah. not to kink shame, but eh, <laughs> I don't know. Gilfing is not my thing. I don't think it was mainly a slang word. I'm kind of thinking it was... A joke type thing. Probably he's in his 20s, she's in her 30s, and he's <laughs> going, hey, grandma. So <laughs> I think I think that's about the worst of it. 
Okay, I'll go with that. Alright, I think I blew my uh, anger wad out on this song. I think that's all I got. He blew his wad on Grandma. <laughs> and when Sensen shows his <laughs> superpowers of grossing everybody out. Yes. This makes me sick to my stomach. Got something to say about, hey, Grandma? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Troy with my thoughts on Hey, Grandma. I really love this song. I mean, it's got a good beat to it. The lyrics are kind of sarcastic and funny in places. But the main things I like about it are the vocal harmonies. As usual, the moves vocal harmonies are exceptional, and I think this song may be one of their three best harmonies in a record. And I also love, I've mentioned it already, the boogie-woogie style beat, which is accented by the piano. And I have to say, this reminds me, in more than a few ways, of The Doors' Roadhouse Blues. Now, I know that Moby Grape, who recorded the original version of the song, were based in California. And so it's likely that Jim Morrison heard Moby Grape's version of this song and based the riff and Roadhouse Blues on it. But I like to think that maybe, somehow, Jim Morrison or another member of The Doors was able to get a copy of the Moves version of this song and they heard it, and I like to think that that is what inspired the Doors to do Roadhouse Blues the way they did. I don't know, but I just know it's a great song. And again, I'm really loving the move. I'll talk to you next week. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast Channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod or PayPal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, episode negative zero six to useless information.